Rick will be teaching from Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 this morning. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We're kind of launching out in something new today. It's, it's still in our Equip to Serve series, but we're going to begin uh, this week and for the next three weeks talking about... Um, three offices, prophet, priest, and king. This morning we're talking about prophet, but when I say an office, I just mean a, a kind of a category through which to um, separate the, the spiritual gifts. In the Old Testament, God used prophets, priests, and kings, each of them uh, to do two things. One, to foreshadow Jesus and the things that he would do, but also to um, to give gifts and bring things to his people. So we're going we're gonna to spend a lot of time in the next three weeks talking about prophet, priest, and king. And this morning we're talking about prophet. Um, I want to tear a little bit about what you might think a prophet is. A prophet is, um, I, I've looked up several definitions this week about what prophet is. And uh, I found frequently um, and incorrectly that a prophet is, is strictly someone who tells the future. Um, that's not... Uh, that's a, a slight piece of what a prophet is. Ultimately, what a prophet does, a prophet reveals God and man to man. So the job of a prophet is to reveal the voice of God to people and also reveal something about man to man. So a prophet reveals God and man, a priest connects people to God, and a king sends people for God. So, uh, well, I walked in here this morning and uh, it was eight, 8.30-ish or so. I walked in here and the room was still set up with the chairs for the event we did here Sunday night last week. And I came and, and I started immediately like putting some of the chairs, like stacking them up and, and taking them out of here. And Josh and, and Kelly were like practicing. And Josh says, um, Noah... And the boys are aware that they're supposed to come in and, and help when this is done. And it's like, that was really cool because I knew there was probably like 30 minutes of work for me alone to do it. And so the boys come in and like they get to work and they move all the chairs out of here. And the, as they're doing this, I, I stopped and thought this is, this is the picture of God working these gifts out. So prophet, priest, king, I'm here. My job this morning is to speak, is to, to teach the Word of God, being a prophet. Um, Josh's job, by getting those boys ready to come and set the room up, was a king. He was organizing people to do the work. So prophet and king worked together this morning to create these chairs that you're sitting in. Um, just a little piece of what prophet, priest, and king is supposed to look like. Um, hit, that, hit that logo up there for me, would you? So this is the North Church logo, and it's, it's designed to kind of bring two things. One, our, uh, our, our values, our truth, people, God, and they really form who we are. So what you're looking at here, if you can see that, are the, where the, the th three lines come together in the middle is, is the point of a little pyramid. And so there's three triangles that are leaning on each other. Do you see that there? Like, you can probably look and see lots of different pictures there in your brain, and that's, that's why uh, 
Kyle, who put this together, did a really good job. But the ultimate purpose of that is three triangles leaning onto each other, truth, people, and God. But it also illustrates this point of the, the Trinity. They're all three leaning on each other. But it also inadvertently illustrates the point that I want to bring to us this morning. Prophet, priest, and king as offices are all completely leaning on each other. Without a king and a priest, a prophet is not as, not as valuable to you. Without a king, a priest and a prophet is not as valuable to you. These things, these things all work together to, create, to bring God's voice and send God's people on their mission. So the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about that. And I hope that you begin to see how a prophet leans on a priest and a king. Now a priest leans on a prophet and a king. And now a king leans on a prophet and a priest. All right? So get that picture in your brain as we, as we continue this morning. Um, so three things, or four things that I want to do each of the, the times that we're together uh, as we look at a particular office, as we look at prophet, priest, and king. We're going to first define each term. And then second, we're going to talk and think, and this is going to be good for your community groups. If you're, in, if you're not in a community group, they're, they're fully functioning and going, and we want you to, to connect with a community group. And these prophet, priest, king, and how we fit into each one of these categories is really a valuable conversation to have in community groups. So the second thing, we're going to define it, and the second thing we're going to do is see people in our midst that function in, in, with these categories. And three, we're going to see Jesus... Uh, perfectly exemplifying this role. And then fourthly, we're going to wrap all of this around the mission of this particular church. So, what is a prophet? Let's define prophet. Um, It is, um, a prophet is one who proclaims the word of God, one who reveals God to the people. Um, And a lot of times, so there's there's some nuance here that that we'll we'll continue this this morning to, to get into. And the nuance is, a lot of times we think simply of a prophet as someone standing in front of a group of people or writing to a group of people to proclaim something, to tell them something that God wants them to know. But there's more to it than that. A lot of times, and most of the time, in Scripture, in the, proph- in the prophetic books of the Bible, in the Old Testament, the prophet's job was to break people. So, we have, generally, we have two sets of people and I don't mean you're either one of these two. I mean you jump between these two from time to time. You are a broken person fully aware of your brokenness. You need to understand that God has redeemed you. You also are prideful and strong and feeling like you've got something all together. You need God to break you. So we either need to be redeemed or broken at all times. And we the most likely thing is that you kind of lean towards one direction or the other, but the reality is you spend most of your life hopping between needing to be broken or needing to be built up. The prophet's job is to bring that to you. I want you to see that. I want you to think about that. Um, because, like, even for me personally, in the midst of, of, of what's, of our church in the last year. Like, I have had both of those things. I have been completely broken, fully aware of of my brokenness and needed to be redeemed. And I've also been prideful in that we got this, we can do this. Let's just 
press on and charge on. And, and God brings prophets to us. God has brought prophets to me. God has brought his scripture alive to me. And this is a gift that God has given to us. And that, that's a good transition for us to go into the first of our two texts this morning. Um, Ephesians 4, I'm going to read verse 13 as well. And he gave the apostles and prophets and evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. Remember, you see in there that prophets shows up. To equip, the, he gave all of those things for this purpose, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, God gives you gifts of prophets for the ultimate goal so that you might be more Christ-like. The, the role of every gift that God has given to you. The, the ultimate purpose of every gift that God has given to you is so that you might be more Christ-like. Um, but let's, let's back up. And, and verse 12 is the very foundation and, and essential for us this morning. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So that phrase, oftentimes, building up of the body of Christ, fails us because we think that that means growth in terms of, of of size and numbers. But what this phrase is meaning is the individual who makes up the body of Christ, the individual who's a part of a church, that person is being built up by the gifts that God has given to them. And now, here is the the coolest part. Look at verse 12, to equip. I found this this week. Uh, Most of you know that I'm, like, words are really important to me. And this word, equip, is incredible. So, equip on its surface, when it's strictly defined, just means exactly what you think it would mean, to give tools to someone in order to accomplish something. If I'm equipping you, I'm giving you a tool so that you could do something. This word, equip, is, is bigger than that. Contextually, what this word means is to set broken bones. I want you to, to sit on that for a second. And so let's, I, I want to be, I want to pause just for a second. And because like, I, I believe that we can, sitting in this room where it's habit for us to, to sit and we sing some songs and then we hear somebody talk and then we sing some more songs and then we go about our day, that this gets habitual for us. But I, I want us to, to zero in on this idea that, look at that, to, to set the broken bones of the saints. The role of the prophet in your life is to set your broken bones. Like there's, there's if, if we're real, there's, there's brokenness about us all the time that keeps us from accomplishing what God intends for us to accomplish. Not just through us, but in us. There's brokenness that happens that's in every one of us. And, and again, go back to our picture of, of the prideful person needing to be broken and the broken person needing to be redeemed. If you're prideful, the fact is you, are, you need to realize that you are broken and God intends to, to set those broken bones. If you're broken, the fact is God needs you to understand, wants you to understand that he has brought gifts to you to set those broken bones. This is, this is incredible, this is knee-buckling, this is vital for us to comprehend as we 
enter this, this phase as a church that, that we're in and, and as we press through it, to understand the, the depth of this word, that God in, has brought gifts to you to set your broken bones so that you can become more Christ-like. And it's all, a, it's all a, an incredibly ordained and orchestrated plan by God to bring this to fruition to you. Um, I feel like I'm belaboring this point, but I feel like it's, it's absolutely, absolutely vital for us to come to grips with the fullness of it, to set our broken bones so that we can go and do what God has called us to do. And like, I, I fear that when I say that, to set broken bones so that we can do what God has called us to do, I fear that when I, I say that, what you are hearing me say is God wants to set your broken bones so you can go do stuff for him. That's partially true. But God wants to set your broken bones so that you, that can happen inside of your heart. And if it doesn't happen inside of your heart and your soul and you aren't aware of your brokenness and your pride and your need for their bones to be broken and then him to set them, if you're not aware of that, we don't need you. We don't want you in our culture. Our culture is too full of Christians who are saying nonsensical stuff that make it harder on the gospel to really penetrate the heart. So the, the point of this is for us to realize and understand how we balance back and forth between pride and brokenness and need to understand the depth that, that God has equipped us and brought us gifts. And foremost, I believe he's brought the prophet to us. And prophets can be from the scriptures, from ancient scriptures, people you'll never, ever meet until heaven. And by the way, you will. Beautiful thought. But then also there, there are people in our world today that are prophets to the, the global church, writers, authors, preachers, um, apostles. And then there are people that are in our midst that are bringing these gifts. And I want to talk about them. Um, four specific... Um, so prophet is... a kind of a category of gifts, and under those gifts are prophetic gifts. You follow? Let's talk about them, and hopefully they'll, they'll come out. First is one of the prophetic gifts, a very specific gift that some of you have, is wisdom. There's a prophetic gift of, of wisdom. Um, and the, basically, it is, wisdom is applying God's truth to your life. Uh, I think there are two people that jump out at me that have an incredible gift of wisdom. One is here and one is not. I'm going to pause and let you kind of look around and think. Who is he talking about? <laughs> uh, the first one is my friend Rick Allen, who's on a plane this morning. Uh, I believe firmly that Rick Allen has the gift of wisdom. And think about this idea of God giving the apostles and the and the, and the prophets to equip, to, break, to set your broken bones so that you can understand the fullness of Christ. God gave you, God gave you a guy like Rick Allen to, do, to apply that truth. The second one is, is Abram. I think Abram is, like, here, here's a, this is back, back in the day when North Church first began, uh, we were in community group that met at the Chestnuts house, and Abram, as you know, doesn't talk much, and, but like we're, we'd be sitting there in, in group and all of us would be babbling about something, and then 
we'd all just pause for a second, and if, if there was a long enough pause, and we figured this out, that we could maybe get Abram to say something. And every time that Abram said something, it was like, it was wisdom. It was simple. And so, like, we're chasing rabbits with these, these big truths, and, and Abram just kind of brings it down to, like, four words. And, like, Abram is big, and he doesn't like me talking about him in this regard, and I'll probably suffer for what, what like, saying his name. But, like, I, I, need, I need you to see that there is... God has brought you to this place so that you might see the gifts that God has given to you through this place to bring about Christ-likeness in your heart. And a picture of that are people like Rick and Abram and gravitate to their wisdom. Um, the, the second subcategory prophetic gift is, is faith that I want to talk about. Faith is, um, let me give the, the strict definition here. Acting and leading people to act on God's promises, believing he will fill them. Can I say that again? Acting and leading people to act on God's promises, believing he will fulfill them. Um, there is, I'm also going to get in trouble for this one, but uh, my wife is uh, an incredible gift to my heart of faith. You guys may or may not know the story of the beginning of our church. I had left a, a good job to go and figure out how to plant a church and, and went out to Seattle to, to be assessed on being a church planter and uh, was told don't plant a church because of these specific things and, or wait to plant a church or, or at, gather these things around you before you plant a church. And so I'm in Seattle alone thinking I'd ruined the life of my wife and my children because I had left a good job to go and plant a church. And now here God was telling me not to plant a church. And I come back and through several specific instances, but most importantly, my wife saying, God has been calling you to this for three years. Why are you listening to other people? God has been calling you. And that's, that's the exact acting and leading people to act on God's promises, believing he will fulfill them. This is the voice of a prophet to your soul, and they're everywhere in our midst. And here, here's, as, I, as I talk about these things, you may see them in yourself, and you may see them in people around you. Proclaim that to people. For Abram and for Rick and for Jen to hear me say, this is you, this is your role in the church, it's uplifting, it's powerful, and it's encouraging to the soul. Uh, the third thing is teaching. Teaching the word of God to cause greater Christ-likeness. Um, I think Josh is a great example of, of the gift of teaching. Josh is a teacher. I think that Rachel Sheets, who's not here today, is a teacher. God has, has brought people in your midst to teach you, to illuminate, to bring out the words that God wants to say to you. When I was talking about equip a little bit ago, that was the gift of teaching. And somebody gave that gift to me. A, a friend of mine, John Ryan, who pastors the church, gave that gift to me this week. And here I am giving it to you. This is how the body of Christ intends to operate. And that word teaching is the Greek word 
didaskalos, didaskalos, and we get our Greek word, our English word didactic for that, which means direct instruction. God has brought to you people who have the gift of direct instruction. The fourth thing, specific gift here, is evangelism. And that just means communicating the gospel so others can know, understand, and interact with it. An evangelist is someone who communicates the gospel so that others can know and interact with the gospel. Um, I want to bring, and leave that up there for me, I'm going to bring a picture of this to you. Everything is gone off of the screen, right? On the screen were gifts of prophetic gifts, and now we can no longer see them. I want you to see in that simple little picture what you do to the church when you don't use your gift. Like, it's, it's just, it's simple, but like, you might remember what was up there. Can anybody remember what was up there? All four things that were up there? You guys, some of you have written them down. Jessica shows me her, her paper. Good for you. Bonus points. But the idea is that when you don't, when you use your gift, you open the curtains so that the world can see God. And, and don't, like, that's, like, that's bumper sticker stuff. But it's such a pure reality. When you use your gifts, you open the curtains so that people can see God. And the inverse of that, when you don't use your gift, you close the curtains so that people can't see God. And it's, there's too much at stake here in this world. There's, this world needs to see God now more than ever. And God has given you gifts. And, and here's, here's the, how these things lean on each other, right? I'm, I'm high in priestly gifts. And I've kind of got some prophet gifts. I have almost no king gifts. All right? That's why I needed Josh this morning to be my king to tell me how to solve this problem. But so they, these all lean on each other and, and we need each other. And, and you may be a priest and, and one of the biggest roles of the priest is to encourage. And this is probably why I'm stopping and belaboring this point right now because I have high priestly gifts is that I want to encourage those of you in this room who are prophets to rise up and be that. Somebody in this room needs you to be their prophet. Do you hear me? Somebody in this room needs you to be their prophet so that the, the curtains can be open and they can see God. The same way we can't see. Somebody needs you to do this. And it's a slow process. Which kind of speaks. And it's, it's not only slow, but watch. When it, when it comes up there, it'll just kind of fade in. Is it fading in yet? There, yeah, so watch. Look at it fading in. That's a beautiful example of what 
God intends for you to throw the curtains open and gradually and gently begin to bring about Christ-likeness in somebody around you. It's, uh, look at it, now it's as bright as can be. Magic and beautiful. Let's spend the last few minutes of our time together looking at Matthew 16, 21 through 23 to see where um, Jesus is actually being this gift for people. So there's prophecy and there's reaction to prophecy and then more prophecy. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribe and be killed and on the third day be raised. Um, I don't... I, I want us to... to back up from our knowledge of Scripture and understand what, G- what Matthew just said about what Jesus was doing for the rest of his life. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples, to show the people that he had been called by God to be a prophet to, that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. We are so stinking afraid of suffering in this world. We think that if we're suffering, somebody's doing something wrong to us or we're doing something wrong to get suffering to be upon us. But look at Jesus. Jesus' goal in his life was to come and suffer. This is me being a prophet to you in this time. Wherever you are in your world, there's so so many people in this world discouraged about their suffering. But could it be? Yes, that Jesus intends for you to suffer and he's got a purpose for it and, and he showed you what it looks like to suffer well. This is the gift of prophecy for us that Matthew has, has given to us. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples, the people that he was a prophet to, that I'm going to go and I'm going to suffer because of ultra-religious people and then be killed and on the third day be raised. That is the essence of the gospel, and it begins with suffering. Do you see that? The essence of the gospel begins with suffering. The essence of the gospel begins with suffering. Why are, you, why are we, why am I, why are you so scared to suffer? I spend so much time, I've spent time in the last week with slumped shoulders, trying to avoid suffering, Lean into it, press into it, thank God for it. Because just like Jesus' example for us, suffering produced the gospel. Do you want the gospel more deeply, more profoundly, more purely in your life? Yes is the correct answer to that question. Most of the time, the precursor to that is suffering. But we're so stinking afraid of it. This is Jesus being a prophet. And now watch Peter mess it all up. And by the way, parenthetically here, just a few minutes before this event happens, Jesus says to Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. So Peter is an important figure, a really, really important figure. Jesus says, I'm building my church on you, and then this happens. Peter 
took him aside and began to rebuke him. Like, I've, I've made jokes about this before, how silly it is for a human being to rebuke God. Ha ha, it's dumb, silly Peter. But I think the fact is, I know some of you, and, and I do, rebuke God. When you say, why are you doing this to me? We are rebuking God. And this is what happens when, when we are face-to-face with prophecy. A lot of times, this is our reaction. God, you just, you just don't know. I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to keep you at, my, at arm's length. And this is Peter's reaction. Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. And when we rebuke God or when we shrink from God, we block prophecy from happening. And Jesus' response in verse 22 is incredible. And watch the second piece of what a prophet does. Verse 23, but he turned and said to Peter, he turned and said to Peter, the guy who he just said, I'm going to build my church on you. And by the way, that wasn't a mistake for God to, Jesus to say, I'm going to build my church on you. He turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. He says to, to Peter, the guy who he just said is going to, he's going to build his church on him, that you are, a, you are Satan. You're a hindrance to me. A prophet's job is to redeem and build up, but it's also to tear down the prideful. Peter thought he knew what was going on, and Jesus said, no, you're, you're a tool of Satan right now. And he broke him down. Get behind me, Satan, for you are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. I think for that last sentence in verse 23 is, is the sentence that I believe our society and our culture, and not just our, not our culture, but our Christian culture, needs to see. That's the, if, if I had a voice to shout from the mountaintop, I would be, this is the voice I would say, I would be using. You're focused on now. God wants you to be focused on eternity and see eternity, see life in the, in the scope, in the, in the perception of eternity. This is what Jesus has for you. And this is, so let's, let's go back and see, we've, we've defined prophet, we've seen where our prophets are in our midst, and we've now seen where Jesus is acting perfectly as a prophet by proclaiming the truth and then tearing someone down who's going to be really important. And this is God is using these prophetic gifts into Peter's life and into our lives by extension. And now... We get to see and how this goes and sends us, sends us out into our culture. You are sent as a prophet of God. Do, do we, like there are people who are, who are gifted to be prophets. That are, have very natural and, and very obvious gifts to be prophets. I talked about Rick and Abram and Jen and, and Rachel and Josh, who have, are very gifted to be prophets. You may not have a big, broad, bulk gift, obvious gift of prophecy, but that doesn't excuse you 
from engaging the world with the gift of prophecy, to go and proclaim the truth to your heart and to those around you. This is the, the purpose of us gathering here today was for you to hear that, to go and be sent. We've seen the definition and we've seen Jesus personifying it. Now let's go and do it. Okay? God wants you to proclaim his gift to his, to his culture, to bring Christ's likeness to this world. What would, it, what would it look like? How would the problems of our world be solved if everyone looked to Christ as their hope? Man, I've had conversations with, with five or six of you, and I've heard you say this. They just need Jesus. Do you know that God's intent was for you to bring him to them? Go, be on mission. Take Jesus. That he came into this world to suffer and die so that we might have life. The beautiful gospel is yours to go and take. Let's pray. God, thanks for today. Thank you that we need Jesus. Thank you that you bring to us gifts in this world to proclaim that to our own hearts, God. God, thank you for people in our midst to come and be these gifts to our lives, Father. I pray you would rise us up today. Rise to what you've called us to. God, would you allow us to rise to what you've called us to and be these gifts in our culture, Father, and be these gifts in our own hearts and be these gifts in our own church, God. Lord, I thank you so much for Jesus. God, I thank you that we can be just like Peter. We can... We can build something for your sake and fail and still be redeemed and still be restored and still continue to be who you've called us to be. God, I thank you for an example like Peter who jumped in and out of, of being broken and being prideful and being broken and being prideful. Father, I pray that you would nurture our souls with that truth, Father, and we would go and just be prophets in our culture. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the prophets that you've given to us. Thank you for your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.